Good evening, Iretsu. It is I, Mardin, and welcome to the Golem Arcana podcast. This episode is made possible thanks to a listener like you. Tonight, it's time for another mailbag episode. So I've collected a handful of questions from the forum. Let us begin. We'll start off with something from fellow moderator Kaga. Uh, Two somethings, actually. Two questions about relics. First, what relic do I use the most? Uh, I haven't really had something to give us a solid answer for this because I'm not big on relics generally, but I can say I have from time to time repeatedly used uh, a smattering as a faithful fallback, so to speak. Uh, The Great Sigil of Suffering, of course, that classic bomb relic. Zayla's Cauldron, particularly in conjunction with the Gilded Preserver, because when you can take advantage of the cauldron's buggy behavior to guarantee an automatic hit on death blow, it makes that attack much more attractive despite its 3 AP cost. Uh, and also the Idol of Prevega, though that also was, uh, though I didn't know it, largely useful because of its buggy interaction with Le Brut's Shatterheart ability. So those three relics uh, I've used, you know, more than others. Now I might ha- end up with a new favorite relic. The, the Stone of Parvada might become my most used relic because of the Storm Shot. But I haven't had a chance to play more than one game with the Storm Shot yet, so I'm still figuring out what I'm going to want to do with that guy. Um, and uh, we'll see if I end up fielding it on a regular basis. Follow-up question, what relic have I never used but uh, want to? Uh, This I do have an answer for. Since it showed up, I've wanted to use Tarmanud's Codex, which um, adds a bunch of damage to your golem's attacks for the turn, but then exacts a considerable price from your golem's health. So It's uh, kind of suited to making a big dent at an important juncture, and I like how it looks as a finisher enabler, uh, or as something that would be handy to take down a really tough opponent when uh, you have the opportunity. But it's an expensive relic, uh, so I like the big damage output it, it makes possible, but I've never managed to fit it into an army because of its high cost. Sort of similarly, I'd also like to try to use the noose of a cure, which creates a construct that is a pit that can pull golems into itself. Uh, and those of you who've been listening for a while will recognize why I would like the sound of that. I'm very fond of the game's pits. Only wish there were more than two. Uh, so a relic that can make a pit, and and a pit you can, you know, drag golems into to boot, uh, that sounds good to me, but it's also a pricey relic, uh, and I usually prioritize another golem over a high-price relic. From Dolus, how often do I use custom scenarios as opposed to the game's pre-built ones? 
uh, almost all the time, actually, with my playgroup. We mostly played the organized play scenarios, living world and league stuff. And then when we weren't doing organized play, we uh, almost always have done custom map multiplayer matches with however many people have shown up. And while we'll probably take a little more time to explore some of the pre-built scenarios we haven't played much on, now that there isn't organized play uh, any longer, it will still probably tend to default toward our uh, uh, big custom map multiplayer most of the time. WTF Gamer asks about using uh, game components with known malfunctions or bugginess and whether uh, folks should just agree to avoid using those uh, or should do something to acknowledge when the APV of something that doesn't do what it's supposed to do one way or the other doesn't properly reflect the value of the unit as it actually behaves in-game. This is a good question in our post-discontinuation world, uh, and actually this has kind of already been an issue for a while, particularly, for instance, in the case of that pesky Zela's Cauldron, which still, as of the time of this recording, uh, causes an automatic hit, not just a critical hit on the next attack, if it hits, the, the latter being what it's actually supposed to do. What it comes down to is players can do what they want. Uh, this was pretty much already the case. The in-app functionality of any asset was regarded as the officially legal functionality, even when that was known to be bugged. And uh, even though there's no longer any sanctioning structure to enforce uh, that or anything any longer. The pieces in the game do what they do, and uh, setting aside the question of whether there's hope for continued bug fixes despite the game's discontinuation, uh, it's up to players to figure out how to work around things that aren't behaving as they should. Uh, assets that don't work uh, and don't work in a detrimental way, will probably naturally be used less without anyone having to do anything about it. I know some people are still playing uh, with the Carapace Brute despite Shatterheart not working because it's okay without its uh, key ability. It just is kind of a, a very average uh, solid but not, you know, special Titan without Shatterheart, whereas Shatterheart, you know, gave it a specialized strategy and made it potentially very, very powerful, but added all the depth to that golem that made it what it was. And without that ability, you know, it's perfectly usable, just not very interesting. So I'm sure some people who had strategies really based around taking advantage of Shatterheart will not play with Labrute anymore, whereas other people will continue to use it just as a serviceable titan. On the other hand, things that really aren't working just will not get used because they're useless. Uh, the Durjaya's Shade, the relic that sort of uh, behaves like a smoke bomb, just does not do what it says on the tin, and uh, since it's not useful in any way, I'm sure it is not getting included in army lists nowadays. 
On the flip side, to go back again to Zayla's Cauldron, that definitely doesn't behave as it's supposed to, but it's certainly still uh, something players can take advantage of, and I have no doubt people will continue to use that one, especially given how strong its malfunctioning behavior is. So, you know, things do what they do. It's up to players to decide what to avoid. Um, if you're concerned about this kind of issue, you should talk with your playgroup and establish house rules. It would not be amiss to ban Zayla's Cauldron uh, among your playgroup if, if you find it's being used problematically, or perhaps to um, agree to enforce an arbitrary APV penalty to simulate giving the cauldron a higher cost to reflect the fact it does something much more potent than it was designed to. Moving on, Dolus asks, how do you balance going for victory point regions versus uh, eliminating the opponent entirely in games where uh, you can gain victory points from objective regions? Uh, this depends heavily on the scenario and what army I'm using, or, or what kind of army. If I can get a high mobility golem into an objective region in advance of the opponent, that can give me a huge advantage uh, and is definitely worth pursuing. The flip side is even if I can get there before the enemy, I have to follow up by defending or supporting that golem and prevent it from... Uh, being left too far ahead without protection from the opponent's attack. On the other side of that same coin, victory point regions can have a tendency to lure the opponent into a bad position. So if you plan to just ignore them from the get-go and focus instead on eliminating your opponent, uh, you might start off in a strategically more sound position because you're not trying to string yourself between the two options. Uh, in most cases, I find games tend to degenerate into last golem standing, unless there is a combination of victory points earned from regions and golem destruction, in which case you get a big advantage by getting some victory points uh, from a victory point region, and then you have to basically take down fewer of your uh, opponent's golems to win without necessarily wiping out their entire army. So in general, I try to be prepared to fight it out since I've found that's likely to be what happens on victory point scenarios, but I also keep an eye out for the opportunity to get victory points uh, and work my way toward a victory point based win if that's an option. It's definitely also a scenario design challenge to make maps with victory point regions that have the right tension between victory points and just wiping out the opponent to make that an actual choice rather than it being too easy to just ignore the victory points. Back to Kaga who asks which of the league reward ancient ones is my favorite. Uh, I had to think about this a little bit. The answer is probably the solitary in terms of what uh, the Ancient One actually does. But despite my having tried to use the solitary in several armies, I've never really figured out how to get mileage out of it. 
So I, I like its focus on single golem uh, strategy, but I have not figured out how to play in a way that really takes advantage of that sort of approach. Finally, one more from Dolus. Uh, what do I consider in constructing an army? Uh, that also depends on the kind of army. In generalized armies, I strongly prefer a combination of mobility and power. And given the powerful balance of mobility, power, and durability in the winged vanguard, it shouldn't be surprising that I have a hard time uh, when it comes to general armies not including at least one vanguard. Uh, that has definitely over time become my go-to golem because it is uh, very well balanced and just very, very strong in, in all those dimensions. However, sometimes I want to specialize to make the most out of a particular golem. Uh, Long-term listeners might know I have my Blight Brigade army, which is, as the name implies, just horned blights. Uh, and nowadays I'm working on a Stormshot squad to uh, see how much I can get out of that unit's particular abilities. Um, I've also built around doubles of the Prowler or... Uh, a combination of all flying golems, uh, you know, things that have kind of more specialized aims uh, in mind. So, you know, in those sorts of cases, my preferences are going to lean toward whatever golem it is I want to prioritize, as opposed to when I'm building an army I want to be well-balanced for general use, in which cases I, I lean toward speed and power. All right, that is all for this mailbag. Thanks to everyone who submitted questions. Um, always keep an eye out on the Golem Arcana forum for a mailbag solicitation if you have questions you'd like to have answered on a future episode. You can also send me your questions on Twitter at Mardinovchatsuk, on Tumblr at mardinovchatsuk.tumblr.com, uh, and again, on the Golden Arcana Forum. Many thanks for listening, Aretsu, and once again, good evening. Mm -hmm.